We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you. Because it's the bottom line that matters. Welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters, where we are dedicated to your success. On today's program, we're going to be talking about influencers. There's a lot of different types of influencing that you see out there. There's stories of people that are putting out content and having big names. I'm just going to drop a few, Beyonce, Kanye, how many other yays are out there? I don't know. Um, but as we look, though, at all of these influencers, sometimes what they're doing as influencers are helping to amplify a brand's reach. Sometimes they're doing it for their own side. Sometimes there's upside. Sometimes there's downside, all in terms of what they're doing. And so when we look at influencer marketing, we need to understand what it is exactly that an influencer is, how to become an influencer, how to find influencers, and all of that. And so we have a really great guest on the program today who's going to help us really understand what influencer marketing is all about, what it is, and how you can get in on the act. But before we bring Brielle in, let me tell you a little bit about more Brielle Wollenhouse. So Brielle strives for excellence in all areas of life and possesses valuable skills such as exemplary work ethic, communication, and leadership. She thoroughly enjoys helping other young individuals appreciate their worth and make wise decisions that have tremendous benefit for their future. Brielle, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you for having me, Jen. I appreciate the warm welcome. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Brielle, let's jump into it. When we look at a influencer, what exactly do you define as influencing or being an influencer? You know, I believe it means, if I had to break it down to one thing, I believe it means to empower other people. You know, everyone has their little niche if you decide to be an influencer, you know, your area of expertise and you know i believe it means lifting others up showing your words of wisdom sharing your advice to your community or the world as a whole but you know guiding others on their own path to success maybe it's going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset but you know it comes down to it's helping helping others in one way or another I like that answer, Brielle, and that's definitely something that, uh, that had been going across my mind too. So that's a great opening question, Jennifer. How do we define an influencer? And <laughs> I think you said some great things there about uh, focusing in on a niche as well. I know a lot of our um, business owners who listen to this podcast have heard us talk about having a niche 
in the past uh, for their own marketing and, and to make sure they're reaching the, the client that they want to reach out to. And can you elaborate a little more between um, choosing that niche and then sharing ideas, uh, sharing content, being the expert for those people? Uh, since we're kind of talking about getting into uh, being an influencer in your own space, uh, can you help us kind of connect the dots a little bit with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I would go back to, I mean, even last year, I had no idea, like, you know, what exactly I wanted to do. I'm a full-time college student. I'm interning. I have all these other things growing, you know, going on. And I was stressing a little bit, like career-wise, what do I want to do? And so I remember sitting down and I wrote down on a piece of paper all the things I was, you know, good at, passionate about, whatever you want to say. And that's kind of how I figured out this, this is what I want to do. I love helping people. I want other people to grow. And these are the things I'm good at and the areas I'm very, you know, knowledgeable in. And that's what I would, you know, call your, your niche, niche, <laughs> um, you know, your area of expertise. It's, you know, sharing this information and valuable knowledge with the world. And it's also something you love and you're passionate about. So it's a win-win. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So someone who's got a small business, uh, what, what you're saying is they've obviously already got a passion around a certain topic. Uh, they already know how to do something, you know, whatever the case may be. And so then it's just a matter of sharing it. Right. Is that kind of what it comes down to? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. And, okay. you know, then going about, okay, what platform do you want to use? Do you want to use multiple platforms? Because it's definitely a full-time job. If you're going about, you know, being an influencer, doing social media, it's a lot of work. And so you have to dedicate that time to a platform, connect and build those real relationships, but it's definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, so you say it's worth it. What kind of um, payoffs uh, both tangible, intangible, um, what, what makes it worth it? So when I think of influencer marketing, you know, you have the brand side of things and then the influencer side of things, you know, whether the, you know, let's say the brand is reaching out to the influencer, they both are going to ultimately benefit in one way or another, whether that be, you know, profit, whether that be brand exposure, they're both getting something. So that's what the, you know, wonderful thing about collaborating is. But, um, you know, if the influencer already has a substantial following and they have their, you know, their target audience, then from that, you have real relationships that have been built over time and there's trust that's in those relationships. So, you know, if I'm looking on LinkedIn, for an example, and I see somebody promoting a product or a service, I'm, you know, hopefully going off of trust, like, okay, I can assume that this is maybe going to be worth my money, you know, or worth a try. Obviously there's false advertising and dishonesty once in a while, but like, you know, that's, that's the awesome part about collaborating is there's that trust and that accountability. So, you know, that's what I mean by it's a win-win. Nice. Okay. And I, I love uh, some of the things that you just said there, Brielle, because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners uh, may be listening to this podcast right now and thinking, wow, Brielle just said that it's a lot of work to become an influencer. Is that really what I want to do? I have to know all these platforms and put all this work into it. 
But you just said something almost almost on the other side, almost completely different there about finding an influencer who speaks to your target audience and then partnering with them. Right. So how brands and, and influencers can come together. And so maybe for someone who's listening to this thinking, well, I don't have the amount of time. I don't have the knowledge to become an influencer. Elaborate a little more on that. How can a company or a brand partner with somebody who already has a list, who already is an influencer? And what would that look like? I guess I would say, you know, if you're a brand specializing in, you know, I, I don't know, an area and then maybe target an influencer that kind of is in the same area somehow, I think that's a great way to come together and kind of build because you're going after the same target audience, you know, so you might have similar values, goals, and, you know, um, I, I think that would be a good move. But for me, that's the thing, just start small. I, it can definitely be overwhelming. I know there have been points where I'm very overwhelmed. I haven't even dropped my content yet. That's the thing. I have strategically plan this out. Like I'm taking 18 credits right now. If I was doing LinkedIn as a full-time job, something is going to slip and I don't do half-ass work. So I'm not going to let something slip. And I was like, you know what, right after finals, we're going to start dropping my content then, but I'm starting small by just connecting with other, you know, other individuals on the platform. I check in with other people. I send audio message, you know, how are you doing today? How's your day going? You know, love your posts, love your content. It's the small steps, you know, to ultimately get to where you want to be. Okay. Uh, and so that would be a good approach to begin building a relationship with an influencer? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, that and just like building your presence on a platform, that would be my best advice. But, you know, for, you know, yeah, I, I guess it would kind of be the same answer because, you know, you're going to become more and more noticed as you put in that work, you know, to build your presence. And then maybe that influencer didn't notice you before, didn't give you a chance. It's like, oh, this person's got some potential. This person is putting in some work to, you know, get themselves out there. They're, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe let's give that a shot. Okay, sure. Yeah. And I think that's uh, some really great advice. I, I think when a lot of people think about getting involved in digital content or participating in different kind of platforms and everything, they think that it's a completely new approach to uh, reaching out to people or to um, doing marketing or anything. And I love what you just said right there. It's about that consistency and it's about relationship building. So even if I'm just posting on LinkedIn uh, or whatever platform I may choose, uh, what I heard you say is it's that consistency about showing up and it's about building relationship. And if we think about, you know, how do you get to know someone in real life face to face? It's the same thing, right? We have to get to know each other. We gradually learn about each other and we develop a relationship. And it's not different when we go online, is it? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> think about it. If I'm, you know, commenting on somebody's posts and they don't comment back, it's like, you know, hello, you know, Daniel, nice to meet you. 
no response, I mean, that's rather rude, right? We're going to want at least, you know, I'm good. How are you doing today? Something back. Oh, there's a ton of those kinds of people out there. I mean, it's amazing. I look back at some of the messages I send on LinkedIn. And, you know, one of the things LinkedIn allows you to do is you get notified when somebody changes jobs or when they get a promotion or when they have a work anniversary or something along those lines. And I look back at the people that I've reached out to and I say, you know, congrats on the new job and congrats on the promotion. And you see like four or five messages over the last couple of years that were completely ignored. And you're like, is this person for real or is this a bot or is this just, you know, some sort of, all right, whatever, I'm taking everything and I'm not giving. And that's obviously not any part of the influencing that you want to be doing. Even if you're not using the official influencing idea, it's all about having relationships. So at the end of the day, whether you're using an influencer to help you reach people or you're using yourself to reach people, it's all about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's not only on social media, like you just said, that's life. I mean, we're givers. We've talked about this and it's hard to find people who, you know, reciprocate those same like tendencies in life because there have been plenty of relationships where I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. And I came to a point in my life, I remember when I was 19, you know, COVID was occurring and I was like, I'm done. I'm done with these relationships that, you know, I'm always checking in. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do to help, you know, giving, giving, giving. But then when you receive nothing back, it's like, is this relationship really worth my time and my energy? It's really not because there are people out there, even if it means being in a lonely season for a while, which I was, um, I didn't have anyone who I could call a solid friend for like a year and a half, but you know, now I do. And it was worth it. Good. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey, Brielle, about how you came to this place. Uh, You mentioned a little bit ago that um, you found yourself in a a place where you made a list of things you were good at and trying to decide what your future direction was going to be. But tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to that point? You know, it, for me, it started when I was probably about 16, 17. In high school, I was kind of a lone wolf. I did my own thing. I, you know, I didn't participate in, I can pretty much say all of the things that my peers were doing because I knew that those choices, that lifestyle wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to be. And so I got comfortable with setting boundaries and saying no, which you need to do. You need to do that. And you know, that meant making the tough choices and not jumping on the bandwagon with everyone else. But, you know, again, I knew those choices were going to benefit me in the long run. So um, I kind of did my own thing throughout high school and in my free time, like my ideas of fun looked different than other people's. And I got ridiculed and criticized for, you know, like, you know, peer pressure to know, come on, like, I've, just had to stand my ground and be like, no, I, I don't want to participate in all this. So um, that was my high school experience. And then throughout college, which I'm still in college right now, kind of the same thing. I, you know, I have a couple very solid friends who reciprocate my same. And 
um, I remember I decided to hop on LinkedIn like eight months ago. And, you know, that's kind of when I started to realize like, oh, this platform really works and you build real relationships on this platform and making connections. And that's when I decided like, I'm going to start dropping content, you know, that's what I, that's what I want to do while I'm going to school. Nice. Uh, those are a lot of great tips right there and a very mature approach to dealing with friends in those age periods there too, Brielle. Um, that's very amazing. Uh, and that advice uh, is fantastic no matter what age you are. Uh, setting boundaries for what we are going to become involved in and saying no to things. And that's another thing we've talked about frequently with our listeners here is uh, you know, in your business, you can't always chase after that new bright, shiny penny or or uh, that rabbit trail or that squirrel or something like that. So it is good to figure out what you're good at, choose your core business, and then say no to things that don't align with that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, stick stick to your values. That's what I would say is, you know, it's easy to fall in the rabbit hole of what everyone else doing sometimes feeling like oh you know oh I'm missing out and sometimes I did like oh you know maybe I you know maybe I should be doing some of those things but then I kind of had to come back to reality we like your path right now is looking a lot different in a good way than from a lot of your peers right now and I want to stay on that path and that's why I am where I am today is because I a put in the hard work and b you know I have my boundaries in place Nice. Yeah. Well, so far you've given us a lot of great information about building relationships. And I think the the tips that you've given us could apply to any kind of platform. But you just mentioned you hopped on LinkedIn and really enjoyed LinkedIn. I think there are a lot of business owners out there who still think of LinkedIn only as a job site about posting your resume as your profile and looking for employees or trying to find a job on LinkedIn. But it is so much more than that. LinkedIn has really matured into a fantastic platform just to connect with people. So tell us a little more about what you have found uh, because you just said LinkedIn is a great place to connect. So tell us more about what you're doing. So as you mentioned earlier, as of right now, I mostly just you know, connect. I've done a little bit of collaborating with other people, but I mostly just engage on other people's posts. And, you know, I, I already have a few solid friends that I made on the platform and I'm so thankful for them. Um, but every day I have my list of like non-negotiables, right? And every single day, it doesn't matter what's going on. I get on those people's posts and I comment and I engage. And then if I have more time during that day, then I get to other people and um, you know, in the next couple of months, I'm going to try and add more and more people as school settles down. But, um, you know, whether you're engaging, posting content, I have seen on both ends, you can do very well. There are plenty of people out there who don't plan on posting content at all, but they're supporting their community. And people see that and people really appreciate that too, because that's what you know, is building your presence is if people are commenting and sharing your posts. And so it's definitely not just like a job site to post your resumes. You can do many things on there. And, you know, you meet people from across the globe, even if it means like taking, you know, further calls on WhatsApp or something, or, 
doing, you know, brand deals together. So many opportunities and so many doors can be open from being on that platform. And that's why I tell kids my age, like, guys, please get off TikTok and like, stop goofing around. I want you to succeed, get on LinkedIn. And I have, that's why I love getting that message out there. Cause I already have people who have like, Brielle, you're right. This works. I got on LinkedIn. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and I know that uh, one of the keywords, uh, one of your core values, uh, you mentioned, maybe maybe that's too strong a word. But anyway, uh, you mentioned to us about how important it is to be disciplined, uh, both in your life. That's important for you, uh, but it's also important for managing these on online relationships as well. And you just said that you have non-negotiables that every day these things have to take place. What are some tips for how do you manage those non-negotiables when a lot of our listeners may be just, you know, nose to the grindstone, putting out fires in their business every day? How can they manage an online relationship or relationship building also? So... Okay, there were a couple different I know, I just I threw a lot at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I kind of lost. Like I don't I don't know what um, So let's go back to the non-negotiables and uh, let's talk about being disciplined first of all uh, to get through those things every day. <laughs> discipline, that's one of my favorite points to get across to people because you know, I believe discipline is the path to success and how we go about that path is totally in our control. It's totally up to us and everyone's path looks different. But without that implemented in our life, it's easy to stop, you know, to start to stop losing focus of why we started in the first place, which is why solely relying on motivation isn't going to get us to where we want to be. And if we do get there, it's going to take a long time, you know, because if I wake up one morning and I'm feeling amazing, I have that spark of motivation. Well, that might be once a week. And then what am I doing the other days of the week? You know, um, it's temporary. And that's why I've implemented systems daily and healthy habits, you know, that allow me to overcome discomfort, hardships in life. Um, it's, it's very crucial to have that in, in life. And, you know, sometimes for me, that's, you know, entailed like increasing my capacity for self-control I think of it like learning to read or learning to ride a bike you know we always start from nothing from zero and we train ourselves we train our brains to do something and that could mean discipline maybe you're not feeling like you know I have a lot of structure in my life or I have you know like goals plans whatever it would be start start small mm-hmm Okay. Uh, and that's a good tip. Yeah. And so that does kind of get into the, the second half of my earlier question. Uh, I know that a lot of business owners feel like, oh, I'm just too busy. You know, they're, they're putting out these fires. They're, they're working so hard in their business and they're thinking, oh, uh, Brielle, you're telling me this, you're a college student, but you just pointed out you're taking 18 credits yeah. right now. I, I was a music major. 21 credits was uh, normal for me in a semester. And uh, 18 credits is more than a full-time job. Yeah. Uh, you're going to class. You've got your, your studying and everything else that has to be done too. Uh, you're already working more than eight hours a day just going to class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and, and she has an internship and more. 
Ah, yes, throw that on top too. So any business owner out there who's thinking, oh yeah, some college kid, they're telling me to do this. Well, no, Brielle's got a pretty serious load on her plate too. <laughs> so how do you slip in those non-negotiables every day? I guess it all, I don't know, I make it work. It comes down to priorities, right? I can choose to come home from work and sit and watch TV for a couple hours before bed. But if I'm not studying, I'm going to fail my classes. And then I just wasted, you know, my life. And I'm going to have to retake those classes anyways. Or if I don't get up and work out in the morning, maybe I'm not going to be super confident or comfortable in my body. Like these are just some things that are non-negotiables for me. And when it comes to business owners, it's kind of the same idea like what what are you doing in your free time you know how are you are you using your time wisely because that kind of goes hand in hand with making sacrifices too like you know i i don't go out with friends i don't socialize that much i kind of go to school i do what i gotta do and i go right home and i'm working again but i'd rather use this time in my 20s right now to put in the hard work so i can get to where i want to be when I'm 30, 40, 50, rather than being 40, 50 and having an epiphany, like, oh, vice versa, I should have put in that work back then, you know? So it's definitely worth it to me. That's a great answer. Yeah, I love it. So let's talk about, though, the power of influencing. And, you know, just to bring it back to that idea for a moment, there's so many good things that can come from the power of influencing. And I know Brielle, when you and I were talking last week, um, I think it was last week, whatever, last week, the week before time, you know, kind of just melds at a certain point. But when we look at some really big things that do come from influencers, um, I mentioned Haley Bieber who is the wife of Justin Bieber and she had a um, wasn't quite a stroke, but she had a clot in the brain and the power of her sharing her story, especially for someone in their twenties is a huge deal because it starts making more people understand that stroke and disease is not something that's just, relegated to someone who's older. There's other people who have gone out there with stories of miscarriages and, you know, because miscarriages looked at as, Oh my God, you know, how could you, what do you do wrong? And we have to normalize it. We have to normalize um, mental health. And a lot of people have come out in favor of supporting mental health and getting rid of those triggers and so from an influencer perspective, that becomes really valuable, too, in terms of being able to help get the word out. And it's not just about a brand or a business. It's also about a benefit to mankind in terms of what's actually out there. So I guess my question is, when you look at the pros and cons of influencing, how do you see the... I guess, overall idea of using influencers and the power that these influencers have to shape our conversation and our lives on a regular basis. 
Yeah, so, you know, when we're talking about Hailey Bieber, for an example, obviously she has, I mean, I don't, I'm not active on Instagram, but millions and millions of followers. Last time I checked, that's a huge audience. And, you know, there are plenty of people out there who maybe aren't using social media for the best interests of the world. It is more personal benefit or you're not doing something that's like, you know, really beneficial to the community. It's just kind of, you know, shallow content, but there definitely are. Even those pet videos aren't for mankind benefit. Yeah, or it's just like, you know, the whole look at me, me monster society, look how great I am. Like, that's not how you want to go into it. You do want to go into it with a heart. Like, how can I help other people? And if you have that mentality through life too, you're going to get far. That's going back to the giver, you know, versus taker idea. But, you know, if you're using your platform productively and effectively, um, you know, I think that's super important. Like we're, we're all human beings. It doesn't matter how famous you are. Obviously you're still a human being and you may be dealing with mental health issues or strokes or mis miscarriages, like that's life. And I don't understand the people who have the nerve to comment, like, you know, what's wrong with you? Like that's out of their control. What do you mean? What if that happened to you? You know, um, but to be sharing things like that, that have happened in their own personal life that hits close to home. That's just another way I believe to bond with your followers, your audience. And that's, that's definitely really important when it comes to social media as well. Absolutely. And so let me ask you another question just in terms of becoming an influencer. I mean, you mentioned a couple of things that were out there in terms of, you know, putting content out there, connecting with people, things along those lines. But is that something that everybody can theoretically do in terms of becoming an influencer? Do you have to be someone in your 20s, maybe your 30s to be an influencer or have a platform um, like Kanye or um, Donald Trump even, do you need to be someone that has that platform or in your 20s or can you be in your 40s, 50s and not have that platform and still become an influencer in terms of the way that you see how influencer marketing may be progressing? Right. So, I mean, when I think about it, I feel like it's something that anyone could do. Cause if you think about Kanye West or anyone, you know, who's very well known, they all started from somewhere there, you know, they all started from square one. So why, you know, shouldn't anyone else be able to, I think about it. Like if you have valuable information that you want to share with the world, which goes back to your area of expertise, it's something you're passionate about why wouldn't you share it with the world if it means helping others? Even if, like we've talked about, Jen, even if it just means helping one person, they're following you for a reason. It's because you have something in common about your area. So, you know, if you are passionate about something, it's just like, you know, being a doctor, being a lawyer, if you're passionate about that, choose that as a career, choose that as your path. So, you know, cons, I guess, would say is you're always going to get one person, multiple people who have something bad 
to say, but unfortunately that's just life. You can't let those couple people get in your way and you know, you can't be, you gotta be tough minded. Yeah. It's kind of like that, uh, Jay Abraham quote, I'm probably going to mess this up, but if you have something that uh, will benefit the world, you have a moral obligation to share it. (laughs) It's true. I mean, we all have something in common of loving to help people. And, you know, I, I believe I definitely can help people my age and younger. I have my, you know, target audience for sure. And, I can see how I've already helped some people in person with sharing my information and giving advice away. And to see that I help somebody is a really good feeling in life. Nice. Absolutely. And so as we look at brands then that are wanting to reach out to influencers, a lot of times brands are looking at people in a lot of different ways that can potentially make that benefit. You mentioned before that win-win, um, a brand and the influencer winning um, in reach and profit and shared gains and whatever kind of idea. But when it comes to the brand looking for influencers, what are some of the things that a brand really should be looking at to find their ideal influencer, if you can opine on that? Um, you know, besides a following, I mean, it kind of depends, like, what brand is it? How big or small are they? Because, I mean, I feel like normally people would be going for influencers who do have a large following. I feel like that's kind of a given, but, you know, There's also people on multiple platforms that don't have a big following, but they also have a lot to share. Maybe they're just not there yet. You know, they still have to work their way up the ladder. But um, I feel like collaborating, you know, when it comes to collaborating, you want to look for, okay, does this brand or influencer, like we talked a little bit about earlier, you know, are our goals aligning, our values, you know, do we have some similarity? I guess you don't have to you know, pick like something that's super similar, but maybe when it comes to collaborating, you might want to do that because then you're, you're reaching that audience that has the same type of interests in that area. And you mentioned something really interesting a moment ago about the, maybe they don't have a huge following yet, but you also said something before that about helping just that one person. And so sometimes it really comes down to what is it that the brand is ultimately trying to get, right? I mean, sometimes the brand may simply want to be reaching mommy bloggers because the mommy bloggers are the ones that are talking to other moms and maybe they're talking about their baby's diaper rash and this brand has the brand new, you know, butt cream that is going to be working even better than what's out there right now. And by the way, diaper rash is real. Um, Any parent knows that. And you know that you're going to try and do everything you can for your child when everything else seems to not work. So there's a lot of that idea out there in terms of, well, what is it that we're doing and who are we trying to reach? And so 
that ultimate huge goal may not necessarily be there in terms of getting somebody like Beyonce with the millions and millions of followers across multiple platforms, but it's really finding the people that are going to be getting to your avatar, to your ideal client. And so that's something that you need to be looking at as it relates to what is it that you're looking for. And like Brielle was saying, find that person that's got something in common. Find that person who's going to be there, who's going to be really connecting with your audience the most that you want it to be. But here's the other thing to remember. If you are a small business, branding is a byproduct of what we do. It is not the core product of what we're trying to do. So if you're using influencers, make sure that those influencers are helping you ultimately achieve what it is that you're trying to do, not just build branding. I think for 99.9999999, et cetera, percent of small businesses, we do not have the marketing budget of Nike, of Disney, of Coke, or any of those other names to be spending money simply building a brand. And so we need to see what everything is going to be doing to generate the ultimate interest on our prospects' behalf to further drive growth in our businesses. And so influencers have that potential to help us reach those people, to clue them in to our product or our service, that they learn more about what it is that we are doing and how we can answer their problem. And even better, when the influencer has that same issue and how our product or service has helped them. It's all part of the customer value journey. When somebody becomes your brand ambassador, they are an influencer helping other people find your product, helping other people find your service or solution that's going to help them. And so, Brielle, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I think our listeners are going to have a tremendous amount of value from what you've shared with us today. But I want to ask, with, um, ask you, how can people find out more about you? So as of right now, I spend my time on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And you might know my father, Steve Woolenhouse. Um, but my LinkedIn is Brielle Woolenhouse. So that's how people can connect with me. Thank you. Daniel, any final thoughts? Uh, no, this has just been a very fascinating conversation. I loved learning about this topic today, Brielle. This has been very enlightening. Thank you so much. I had a blast coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much once again, Brielle, for being our guest today. And until next time, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters, and here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. 
And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day. It's the bottom line that matters.